Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for another bad movie month. And we're here today for an episode that I know one half of us is so pumped and excited (laughs) for. Because after 41 years of heartache, after 41 years of pain, finally one half of us gets to celebrate his beloved Toronto Maple Leafs winning a Stanley Cup. (laughs) It's the true story. Of the the curse being in the purse for the Toronto, the the Jessica Alba's family finally is broken through as uh, the historic uh, memory of coming from three nothing down only the second time in Stanley Cup Finals history, and the other team that did it was Toronto as well. Wow, the true breaking news story of the Toronto Maple Leafs epic two thousand and eight Stanley Cup championship win. It is the Love Guru. That movie that Mike Myers did that may or may not have put him into hiding for about another 15 years with a brief cameo on Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, It is an interesting one. I'm very intrigued to see how we go through this. Obviously, we've got the hour limit. The clock has started. So let's get into it. My name is Ben, and I'd like to apologize to Dame Judi Dench for my vicious and brutal attack. I'm sorry, Judy. You did not deserve that. And I hope the staples come out soon. Over to you, Colin. And my name is Colin, and you can read all about my thoughts on The Love Guru in my new book called I Know You're Not Funny, But What Am I? <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> Does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. Um, look, this is a stupid movie. Uh, let's just get that over and done with. This is an incredibly stupid, dumb movie, but I like it because I like stupid and dumb humour. It's hilariously dumb, and I can see why people hate this movie. I can see why Colin's hating this movie already, despite the fact that even in fiction, Toronto barely win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> but it's just dumb and stupid. And sometimes you need a dumb and stupid movie. And this, to me, is a dumb and stupid movie that I enjoy. There, I said it. We're learning a lot about Ben. Uh, he likes movie 43. He likes the love guru. He likes dumb and stupid. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Dumb and dumber. Uh, <laughs> dumb and dumber and stupider and Ben. Uh, <laughs> the new sequel coming soon. Ben and Benera. Uh, I, I have seen parts of this movie before. Uh, mostly stuff from the second half. And it took maybe about an hour, half an hour or 45 minutes <laughs> watching it on TV one night. Be like, I don't think I need to watch this entire movie. But here we are. Watching the entire movie, uh, I will say I think that uh, I caught the worst parts of this movie because there are some decent things, I guess more so in the first half. But this movie, it's just, uh, it is everything wrong with Mike Myers' career summed up with him doing a horribly offensive, possibly racist impression for an hour and a half. It is 
it, my my issues with Mike Myers is that he he started so brilliant because he he's really been. I guess a, a comedian, an actor who is very selective with what he does. He did Wayne's World, and Wayne's World was a massive hit. So he's like, okay, now I'm gonna write and star in uh, Sword of Murder and that Axe Murder, and that movie bombed, but it you know, has this cult following. And then he's like, I'm gonna do Austin Powers, and the first one was great. And then as soon as the he second had and that, third that- ones were also great. Shut up. <laughs> no, they definitely weren't. But are they better than this? Is my question. Uh, but what the second and third Austin Powers movies is because the first one was so popular. And the funny thing is whenever we do Austin Powers, it's going to be interesting to go through that. Cause like that movie was not like huge as far as box office gross did. It just, it, it, it developed such a huge following over such a short period of time through video and everything that he suddenly was able to do whatever he wanted. He's like, people think I'm funny. What did they like in the first one? There may have been one or two fart jokes. There may have been one or two, Bodily function jokes. There may have been one or two sex jokes. Let me make all of Austin Powers that. And that's sort of what Austin Powers became. It's just, it's one note humor. It's gross out humor because people laughed at that. That's the easiest thing to write. And the love guru is like, let's do that for another 90 minutes. And let's also be racist at the same time. Um, it's, it's everything wrong with Mike Myers. It is one type of joke over and over and over again that if you use it sparingly, it might be funny, but when that's all you have and it's like, hey, everybody's shocking, shocking. Uh, <laughs> the second problem being Mike Myers discovered, you know, when he did, uh, I guess it started with Sora Married and Axe Murder, but then particularly in Austin Powers, he's like, I could do multiple characters and people love the fact that I'm doing multiple characters. So in Austin Powers 2, let me do like four different characters. In Austin Powers 3, let me do like six different characters. And in Love Guru, let me just do one character and do it really badly. Uh, <laughs> His his over the topness with his characters, just being like they've got a funny voice and they look funny, so they must be funny. Instead of let's write jokes in there like he did with Wayne or Austin, it's this this is the reason why Mike Myers' career died because people suddenly realized, yeah, I think I'm tired of Mike Myers just doing this. Um, first of all, could not disagree with you more about Austin Powers 2 and 3 having one joke throughout the whole thing. Watch them again. They are all fucking hilarious. Obviously, the first two are better than the third. But no, you were completely wrong. And I think that it all comes down to, you know, when you say look at an Adam Sandler or a a Will Ferrell or, you know, people have got a certain type of humour and you like them or you don't. Some people hate Adam Sandler because they think his movies are all the same. Some people hate Will Ferrell because they think his are all the same. Rob Schneider. I just happen to like Mike Myers' comedy, and I think this is funny. Okay, it's somewhat one-note joke, and, yeah, it's a very silly in one point. Is it racist? I mean, who am I to say I'm a white guy? I'm not allowed to have an opinion on racism. Ask Matt Dawson. He'll say I'm racist anyway. But I just... I, it's just, it's a dumb movie. Like, it, it, I mean, what do you want from this movie? What more do you want from this movie? I want from, variety. Like, like, that's it. Because like, I'm with you. I like Mike Myers. In the right type of thing. It, 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 movie 43, we talked about how this would work if it was Saturday Night Live. You just have these short sketches and you have a laugh track in the background. And Mike Myers is probably at his best doing stuff like that. But Wayne's World, I think, really changed it. Wayne's World deserves so much more credit. It really changed comedies just, just across the board. And even Wayne's World, too. I mean, it's definitely not at the same level, but it's still, it has variety. Every Every scene is like, let's write some clever jokes in there. Let's do some clever humor. Let's have some funny dialogue and funny visual gags and not rely on the same joke over and over again. And even Austin Powers 1, that's what it was. It was a well-written movie. 
it had well-written jokes and, and variety and, and lots of different types of comedy. And then Austin Powers 2 and 3, it's like, let's start relying on the same things again. And Love Guru, that's that's kind of the problem with this. I haven't seen his new show, but I'm going to assume it's probably more like the Love Guru than anything else. And I also just think Austin Powers, not Austin Powers, he's, he's not a real man. Mike Myers is. <laughs> Mike Myers, he needs to start toning down his characters a bit because I feel like the more over the top he gets, the more annoying he is. And the same can be said with Adam Sandler or with Will Ferrell, you know, their worst reviewed performances are the ones where like, I'm going to make the most zany, wacky character ever. They're going to be so in your face. They're poochie. They're the poochie of movies. And Mike Myers in the Love Guru is the poochie of movies. You don't need to, he's, he's you don't go full Love Guru. <laughs> Tone it down a bit. Be Wayne, be uh, Austin Powers. Let other people in the movie be funny too. It doesn't need to just be, this is the Mike Myers vanity project. That's what it is. Oh, I, I don't agree. And I, I haven't seen, was it the Pentictogram or whatever it's called, but apparently got decent reviews. I've, I've got it. I just haven't watched it. So, um, she did Shrek. He was good in Shrek. Where's Noah on this show? Like, he's three completely died after. Well, I guess Shrek ended before this, didn't it? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> leave Shrek alone. Um, I will say I'm not a Jessica Alba fan. So, you know, is this our first Jessica Alba movie we've done? I, I think it might maybe. be. Yeah, I mean, Jessica I'm not Alba's a... not like I wouldn't say I'm a Jessica Alba fan, but I feel like she gets unfairly criticized because she's not a great actress, and they sort of overlook. Uh, I I I talked about this before for for whatever reason. Kate Beckinsale came up on a podcast, and I said the same thing. I'm like, is she the best actress in the world? No, but I think Jessica Alba and Kate Beckinsale deserve more credit for kind of being the innovators of like female action stars and. I don't know the last time Jessica Alba made, well, she did that uh, Bad Boys spinoff show where she was actually really, even her acting was pretty decent on that show, even though it's kind of a cheesy show. But uh, yeah, Jessica Alba deserves more credit for being one of the original female action stars in Hollywood. And that's what sort of gets forgotten about her. I, 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 that's one thing I'm not going to often be the one to jump on the bandwagon and be like, oh, double standard. But it's like men can kind of get away in Hollywood with, I, I appreciate Kevin Gazelle for. <laughs> that's not the only Thanks, reason. Thanks, Jamie. Um, we've got an hour, but that's all right. You chime in with your opinions. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's just arguing. I, I appreciate Kevin Gazelle for other reasons, but there's there's more to her than that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Jessica Alba. What was I saying? Uh, yeah, she was an action star, and we were talking about something, and then Jamie interrupted. <laughs> I always got her confused in the early days with Jennifer Garner, weirdly enough, because it was what Dark Angel and Alias kind of started yeah. at the same time, and Alba. Beloved exactly. Trent Queen, um, <laughs> he loved both of them, and um, I just I didn't. And like the thing that annoyed me with Jessica Albert is just everyone, you know, going to an all boys high school. She was like the hottest thing, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's the hottest. And I'm like, I just don't see it. I don't find her like she's not an unattractive woman, but to me, like there's. 50 other women who are more attractive. And recently my dad said that he really likes Jessica Alba and that just makes it even worse. Like, you just don't, <laughs> just, no. Um, but I will say, Justin Timberlake, I feel we talked about him recently in something. Um, come on, he's funny. Like, Justin Timberlake, yeah, this is like, one of his earlier roles. Like, he gives it his all here. Like, good old JT, come on. Look, I mean, as a teenage boy growing up around the era of boy bands, I feel like I was, uh, I was, programmed to hate boy bands so it really was surprising when Justin Timberlake got into acting that he he didn't take the uh Britney Spears or as we're gonna get to next week Mariah Carey approach to I'm gonna have my star vehicle he's like I'm gonna take some supporting roles in decent movies 
and some bad movies <laughs> where where I can learn how to be good at this. And then eventually, I think it took years before he actually had his first starring role. We did like Alpha Dog and this and then The Social Network. So I, I really do appreciate how he's willing to not be the boy band pretty boy in this movie and do something completely different. So I, I appreciate him, I think, more than I appreciate Mike Myers in Mike Myers' movie. We've nearly done uh, NSYNC month in the last few weeks with Joey Fatone yeah. and now with uh, Justin Timberlake, Lance Bass well, coming soon. Let's do that soon. Lance Bass movie. Um, the other two that are a part of NSYNC that we all know and love. Uh, I was about to say Nick Carter. That's Backstreet Boys, isn't it? Uh, wrong one. Um, but uh, the other one that I always forget too with this movie, um, John Oliver. Um, I mean, I'm obviously a massive John Oliver fan. I always forget he's randomly in this movie and Stephen Colbert also in this movie. Yeah which I'm not too sure if John Oliver has a very good track record with movies, given that the two movies that we've done uh, with him in it, this and the Lion King remake, uh, which, you know, not a good track record, John. Stick to your, your talk show. Um, and, I mean, this is sort of, obviously, they were still around, I think, like the Daily Show part of their careers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they were sort of known. They were known. Uh, but, like, it's kind of interesting to see them in these roles. Um, and I guess some of the cameos in this. But, um yeah, I mean, I like this movie, and I guess we've only got an hour to cover that. Well, now we've only got about 45 minutes. Thanks, Jamie. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I just, I, again, I thought, like, right now, when have you ever seen the Toronto Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup in colour, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> Like the hockey, the hockey stuff in this is done pretty well. It's pretty realistic. Well, okay, not realistic play, not but like as, in, like as in like the, the presentation and everything. Like they've obviously got yeah. the rights for like, you know, real teams. Like they couldn't do that in good cop, bond cop, bad cop, whatever the fuck it was called. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, all right. So um, we've got narration at the beginning. Um, it's Mike Myers with his narration machine. Basically talks about being a love guru. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce the, the words in it. Okay, a bit, you know, off-colour, a bit offensive. This movie's definitely not holding up in 2022, and it was called out back in 2008 for maybe being a bit offensive. But, um, you know, um, do, the, do the Dutch people now complain about Goldmember? Do the Scottish people now complain about Fat Bastard? I mean, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we I feel like the fo- Canadians should complain about Mike Myers in general now. <laughs> well, I think the Americans should complain. He's playing an American in this movie, if anything. So, uh <laughs> But we find out that um, star of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Darren Roanoke, the Tiger Woods of hockey, has uh, basically got the yips because he stepped out and his wife and now his wife is essentially doing Justin Timberlake who's got a giant penis, uh, which again, Justin Timberlake probably just playing himself. I reckon he's got a semi-sized dong. Is, is Jamie into Justin Timberlake? No, she, I mean, of, of all those Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, there was only one guy in Backstreet Boys who she was a fan of. I mean, she, she liked both bands for their music. Probably the only teenage girl who listened to them for their music. But uh, as far as I like, listen to them for their music, well, <laughs> you're you're <laughs> you and Jamie, two of a kind. But uh, there was not even one of the famous ones, but one of the other guys in the Backstreet Boys she liked. Uh, Nick Carter's the only one I know in the Backstreet Boys. I can never remember their names. Which one? Was um, Kevin. But- Kevin. That was her guy. Kevin. Kevin. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> One thing I'll say, okay, this movie is slightly offensive on the racial side of things. Also, progressive black hockey player, never mentioned outside of the fact that he's a Tiger Woods of hockey, that this is even a thing that's remotely unusual. And I know there are black hockey players, but to have like the... P.K. Like, Subban was out at this point, wasn't he? 
Yeah, but like, I mean, PK Subban's never the biggest name in hockey. Like, this guy's basically the, you know, Sidney Crosby well, of this point, isn't he? I well, I actually, because Mike Myers is Canadian, and Mike Myers, like, he's very proudly Canadian. This movie Big has Lee's a lot of Canadian. Too. Yeah, and this movie has a lot of Canadian jokes that people are going to get in Canada that won't get anywhere else. But I'm PK Subban, I think he was he was such a big name here. Maybe not necessarily like the biggest star as far as the star player, but he was such a big name and so talked about here that I actually wondered if he decided I'm going to base some PK Subban because he's the headline getter. I'm just, I just, like, imagine if this was real life and this was the least. I mean, I know you've got Austin Matthews, but, I mean, not to take away from Austin Matthews, but if Austin Matthews was black, would he probably not be a bigger name? You know what I mean? Like, he's a big name. But you could imagine if this was a, a thing in hockey that you've got, like, this icon. Anyway, the point is, progressive. You've got a you've got a black hockey player who's the best in the league. That's all I'm saying. So, um, uh, poor old uh, Darren Roanoke um, needs some help. So they're going to get the love guru. Jessica Alba is the owner of the Toronto Maple. Progressive woman owner of the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs. There you go. Progressive love guru never gets credit for that. Uh, and they've they've hired a little person as a head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, he's kind of the butt of half the jokes of this movie. But at the same time, imagine if that was in real life. Progressive. So there you go. Three ticks in the love guru's favor for being progressive that never gets talked about. You're welcome, Mike Myers. You can give me some money, even though I hear you're a bit of a prick, but whatever, I still like you. Um, <laughs> so the thing is they never explicitly say they're automatically in the Stanley Cup final, so they're just basically like, oh, we need him. So clearly they need he needs some help because he's got the yips because his wife is doing Justin Timberlake. So we get an opening montage of working nine to five where the love gurus helped Katie and Tom. That obviously worked out well. Uh, the, the Beatles, uh, he's upskirting himself, which I don't get if he's wearing a chastity belt his entire life, how you can see his hoo-ha, but whatever. Um, Mike Myers heads up his butt at one point. Uh, he's getting flossed up his nose and his asshole. okay? Um, I, do, I do like his little um, carpet... Mobile thing that he rides around on his little, what do you call that? The knee thing he's riding around, uh, which is kind of funny. I, we call it the knee thing. That's the technical the, the word. Knee, sure. Um, his assistant, John Oliver, let's just call him John Oliver because that's what he is. Basically, um, we find out that he's number two to Deepak Chopra and he wants to be on Oprah. So um, if he helps out the Toronto Maple Leafs win Stanley's Cup and get Roanoke on board, then he will get on Oprah. Um, we get some weird flashbacks of him growing up with Ben Kingsley being the master. <laughs> like, like, Mike Myers' head on a little boy wearing Farrah Fawcett T-shirt. Uh, we see Mike Myers in his first, um, like, I guess, conference and all these little acronyms. <laughs> I love these things. Intimacy, into me, I see. And it's like, Guru, G. What is it like? G U R U T M. Um, it's like show the t-shirt. T-shirts. Like John Oliver's just like, oh, it's funny. Don't shake your head and sigh. It's funny. <laughs> um, it's dumb humor. Uh, everybody's on board with him. Um, all the celebrities are there to see. Uh, <laughs> Mike Myers, including Jessica Simpson, how very 2000s, uh, Val Kilmer with a voice, and um, <laughs> is that, am I allowed to say that? Uh, and Mariska Hargitay, which is, come on, that's funny. That Oh, he's rolling his eyes. He's old prude Colin. I have oh. complaints about that. Oh, I just love the fact that they've got this saying of Mariska Hargitay, Mariska Hargitay, and then you see Mariska Hargitay. 
Mariska Hagate. And we are now going to open up the Mariska Hagate Special Victims Unit. Ding, ding. It's funny because she's on SVU and they're playing sound. Dun, dun. Um... (laughs) Mike Myers, the love guru, meets Jessica Alba. They have a weird Bollywood scene. He makes a few jokes about uh, Vern Troyer being small. Uh, (laughs) Few jokes? (laughs) Like, they're obviously, like, good friends, Mike Myers and Vern Troyer, because, you know, clearly, you know, Austin Powers trilogy, and I don't think Vern Troyer is going to do a role like this, getting this laughed at all the time if he wasn't comfortable (laughs) with Mike Myers and his humour. Um, so Mike Myers agrees he's going to fly to Toronto. We find out that Jessica Alba's hated by Toronto, which, I mean, let's be honest. Because she's a woman. Accurate. She's a woman. What is it, the Bullard curse or whatever it is, that ever since her family owned it in 1968, they've never won the Stanley Cup. I'm saying now you've got to blame Jessica Alba. If this movie was actually popular, this would probably be an ongoing joke that you would blame Jessica Alba still <laughs> the family curse. I love it. Like the little scene is like, they actually had to paint lines in the arena to show where I can stand, where I'm not seen. Um <laughs> We meet Roanoke for the first time. Uh, Mike Myers comes in on his little automated carpet um, and he's all like, hey, I'm here to help you. Um, he then goes around to Justin Timberlake's house who's, oh, God, I love his obsession with Celine Dion. I would like to sing you a song of the one and only great singer from Quebec, Celine Dion. <laughs> you are my strength. And yeah, look at this. Colin hates, of course, it's Celine Dion, so he's going <laughs> to shit on the middle-aged gay men music that I love. Um, and then he's all like, I'm going to go make you a Quebec pizza. And it's like, what's a Quebec pizza? It's a Pop-Tart with ketchup on it. <laughs> Which, is that a thing or is that just some random joke no. that Mike Myers has written? <laughs> random joke. <laughs> I kind of like that. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Myers is getting attacked by a guard rooster. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. Um, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> and he leaves on an elephant basically saying that um, he's written you an apology letter, Robin Oak, and then he goes off and he's going to have a long old session here with Robin Oak going through his uh, sessions here of uh, drama. Which, uh, sure, I'll pause it for you there. That's a third of the movie done. Uh, we're nearly halfway through this episode and we've still got to cover a bit. Like, there's so many problems with this movie. Uh, <laughs> let me start with the offensive part, because uh, this is Mike Myers at least being somewhat smart in, oh, I don't want to offend everybody, because he decides to make the character American, right? Uh, I feel like Mike Myers probably wanted to make this movie where he was playing an Indian man. And then somebody, or or maybe Mike Myers himself, is like, oh, that might be going too far. So even in 2008, they are smart enough to know, hey, we could get in a little bit of trouble for this, let's make him American. So you can't really fault Mike Myers for playing on stereotypes like the accent and stuff like that. Um, But it's the little things like the Mershka Hargitay joke, which when it first came up, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny, although it is. You know what it reminded me of? There's a, I, I may have mentioned this before, probably one of the hardest I've ever laughed at a comedian in my life was there was a, an Asian comedian who was joking around about how Americans will make fun of their voice or their accent, particularly like making up words. He goes, you know, I'll walk around and people are like, oh, Wing Chow, like, like making up like fake Max, Chinese tweet words. That, tweet that clip from Colin, <laughs> no, racist, then, tweet it out, Max, come on. And then, but then the comedian is like, do I go around you Americans going like, airplanes, cars, trucks, trees, swimming pools? <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's kind of what this Marishka Hargitay thing is like, oh, it's going to be funny unless you're Indian. Like, again, you are still making this movie that Indian people will see. 
and they're gonna be like why are they saying Mariska Hargitay like it doesn't make sense but it, it was kind of like oh I got a chuckle out of that her name it kind of sounds like it would be a greeting now the right way to do this joke is play it there's a rule of threes that Mike Myers seems to have forgotten in this movie because every joke he makes happens about a hundred times in just the first third of the movie we've covered. He's like, Mershka Hargitay, Mershka Hargitay, it's, it's over and over and over again. And then you finally reveal her and they've said her name about 900 times already. Now you could do this joke by having him greet somebody once and then he says it a second time and then she appears and then you have the special victims unit, whatever. The <laughs> That's how you do the joke, the rule of threes. You don't have to play it over and over again. And if you do want to continue on with this later on, fine. But her cameo should be the third one, not the 900th. Colin Hilding only allowed to laugh three times in a comedy. Wow. Then it's not just me. There is It's literally called the rule of threes <laughs> with comedy. The, you, you have a joke and the third time is where it's funny. And then after that, it, it's it's beating a dead horse. This is a real thing. How many have we, how many have we told on the Oz Network? Have we only told like one? So I guess we've got some catching up to do in over no, thousand no, episodes. If that's no the rule, Colin, a, no one told no me one that. No can't get a date. Tanya Roberts is alive. Somebody's I think we've overdone the rule of threes and we've broken Colin's rule of comedy, everyone. Start again. Come on. Not Colin's rule of comedy. This is the number one rule of comedy. But he the number one rule of comedy was to be funny. <laughs> well, Mike Myers forgot that one too because this isn't even funny. Like the book thing was kind of funny the first two times, but like how many times do we need this whole book, book joke to be over and over again and this whole, this stands for whatever, 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 the drama thing like do it a few times you know like half of this movie is made up of three jokes told over and over again let's say four because then there's all the short jokes that he tells um yeah it's just it's not funny now some of the stuff that uh i do like here the morgan freeman thing was funny where you hear morgan freeman's narration and then you cut to mike myers uh the opening song the songs in this movie basically proved to me what mike myers should have done he should have just done I don't know, an album as the love guru. Let's have Mike Myers as this fictional character because Mike Myers loves doing music and not even just Wayne's World where they're singing badly. But um, what was that? Austin Powers. He actually created his own band BBC with real one. musicians. BBC famous. <laughs> he got real famous musicians to create a band for him just so he could put these little interludes in there. That works in this movie. The nine to five is funny. Uh, what are the other ones he did? We did they do Joker later Joker on? Joker uh, and yeah, um, the, the third one. Um, yeah, yeah. There was three um, of them, but rule of threes. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh God, I've gone blank on it. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that stuff was funny. Uh, as a Canadian, I loved the commentary because they got the rights not just for the NHL but for Hockey Night in Canada, which is the number one show in this country for a couple of decades. Uh, it's the same logo, the same intro theme music. And, and the, the two actors, so we got uh, Stephen Colbert and Jim Gaffigan playing mm. the real hosts of Coach's Corner, the segment on Hockey Night in Canada, which is just a segment in between periods. And typically that's when people change channels. Here in Canada, Coach's Corner with Don Cherry and Ron McLean, who look exactly like Jim Gaffigan and Stephen Colbert in this, uh, that segment rates higher that people will not watch the first period of a game, tune in for Coach's Corner, and then not watch the rest of the game. That's how high-rated it was before Don Cherry got fired for saying something more I just want to apologize that we've said his name twice in 2022. Exactly. <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> Max Dawson, tweet out about that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like them because it's not even just because, oh, they're doing Ron McLean and Don Cherry because they're actually not doing that. They kind of do the voice, or Jim Gaffigan particularly is doing the voice, but then uh, nothing else. Um it, 
this movie's just embarrassing. I was to say that the, the, the lack of comedy is embarrassing. Uh, the uh, If I get on Oprah, I'm the next Deepak Chopra. Like, how many times do you have to play that joke over and over again? Ben Kingsley appearing as a Hindu, that may be the most brilliant thing they've done in this movie because Mike Myers is playing on the stereotype that Ben Kingsley can only play other ethnic characters. Uh, and the best acting in this movie is where, uh, what was the, there was one really bad joke and um, Ben Kingsley character just laughs hysterically at it. Uh, oh yeah, when they, they're telling the joke about doing doggy style or whatever. Oh, doggy style. It's laughing. a sex joke, Colin. I'll explain it to you off here. Yeah. If, if Ben <laughs> Kingsley can laugh at that joke that convincingly, that's why this man won an Oscar, okay? So good job, Ben Kingsley. Um, the, 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 okay, the, the rooster thing, rooster attack. One of the moments where I started laughing. I'm like, oh, that's actually, it looks funny because it's done in the background. It's subtle. But why does it go on for like six minutes? It just doesn't end. It, 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 it stops being funny at a certain point and just becomes, okay, get on with this. Like Mike Myers, it's like he, he had enough material to do about a 30-minute movie and said, I got to stretch this out. So let's just triple up on every joke we have here. Um, Justin Timberlake's character, I, I did think it was kind of funny, particularly because this movie is offensive. Mike Myers, there is offensive things about this movie, but what I also want to give Mike Myers credit for is that he, he spreads out the offensiveness, particularly with Justin Timberlake's character. This movie is just as unrealistic. If we want to replace the word offensive with unrealistic, just as unrealistic and stereotypical with French Canadians as it is with Hindu. Uh, So for that, I applaud Mike Myers because he is spreading around his offensiveness or unrealistic uh, stereotypical depictions. The Celine Dion thing, I just have kind of a funny story once. I'm like, I'm not a Celine Dion fan. There, there's a coworker I Wait have nine. who's always playing, a coworker is always playing Celine Dion music. And I, I swear, it's not that they play Celine Dion over and over again at, at work, but it's always whenever I walk in the room, that's what's on. And it's just a joke. It's like, oh, you, I know a, you're going to walk in the room when a Celine Dion song comes on. Uh, there was a, a Celine Dion biopic that just came out and, Ooh. uh, we were, we were looking through, Oh, what movie should we watch? We're like, Oh, there's a Celine Dion biopic movie here. The subscription we have crave TV here in Canada. That's what it's on. And we're looking to cancel it in the next month or so. So we're like, Oh, let's watch what we can until Jamie, like, Jamie, do you want to watch the Celine Dion biopic before we cancel crave? She goes, it would be a shame if we canceled it and didn't get to watch the Celine Dion biopic. So this is not just me. Jamie hates Celine Dion too. Most of Canada hates Celine Dion. <laughs> You're shaking your head. Like, no, I, that's not right. <laughs> you, I mean, a few things. Um, you're generally the one on this show who calls out things that uh, people call offensive that aren't offensive. And now you're standing up to the Quebecois calling them offensive. I mean, come on. They're the Quebecois. Wait, 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 what are they going to do? What am I what am I calling offensive? I don't even understand what you just said. Didn't you just say this is offensive to the French Canadians? No, I said it's just as unrealistic in its depiction of French Canadians. Right. Okay, sure. So um that's why I said replace the word uh, uh offensive with stereotypical or unrealistic. You're also a co-host on the Oz Network, Double Oz 7 and Off the Podium, three of the unfunniest podcasts on the planet, <laughs> and you're calling out this movie for being embarrassing and trying to be funny. Um, uh, look up the word hypocrite, Colin. Uh, <laughs> well, do we get to the fight scene yet? The mop fight? Oh, that was in there somewhere, probably. I mean, Wait, well, like, I just want to say we've, that, got, we've got 30 that's... minutes left, Colin. You want me to be more specific on the no, love guru? Just, first, thing <laughs> say, this movie has more cameos than movie 43, and they should all be ashamed of themselves for being in this movie. Um, in that fight scene, you go from the finger poke in the eye so that you crap yourself to 
we're going to soak mops in urine and fight with them. It's it literally like Mike Myers, like what other bodily functions can I play on? Cause I can't come up with a real joke. You've said before that farts are funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the farts might be funny once, but when somebody farts once is funny, when somebody is farting for 90 minutes straight, I'm growing tired of it. I'd like to formally apologize for Colin Hilding. He's in his forties. He doesn't know what humor is. Uh, let's uh, go back to showing him the golden girls and maybe then we can start to I see love, what things are funny. <laughs> I love this. I, I, I Google the rule of threes and everything comes up as know the rule of three in comedy, how to write funnier copy with the rule of three. Everything is the rule of three here. And Mike Myers doesn't understand it. So, okay. Having well, said that, we are we are going to we are going to do this and only tell any joke three times. All right. Well, I mean, again, we're hypocrites because you you pointed it out before. No, I can't get a date. It's coarse and rough and irritating. What's I mean? We've told him like eight hundred well, times. Hey, it's not funny actually, anymore. I want to defend it. ourselves. We're not though. funny. <laughs> every every episode is like a sequel. Now, if Mike Myers wanted to do three tellings of the Marishka Hargitay joke in this movie. And then do it in the next movie. That's what we're doing. So we won't tell Noah can't get a date more than three times this episode. I've done it once. Ben's done it once. I'm going to say it one more time. Noah, you can't get a date. There you go. We're done. Real threes. You just ruined the script now. I've got nothing to talk about. What are you what Well, are you just on start here? farting. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> you got three tries at it. half an hour. I'm just silent but deadly. I, we didn't tell our history with this movie, and you hadn't really seen it. I saw this at the movies. And I was with Louise at the time, and we just left this, like, always just going, Mariska Hargitay, Mariska Hargitay. Like, we Ugh. just did that. All that. She used to watch SVU, so she found it extra funny. So SVU fans found that joke hilarious, yeah. Colin, in 2008. You know, you're 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 a big ER fan. I, I, I yes. never really got into SVU. I like some of the Law & Order shows, but SVU was like, oh, this gets a little bit too dark for me. I mean, she's obviously a very good actress, but can we just say that her landing SVU le- uh, robbed us of – her becoming what could have been one of the best characters on ER. Cause as far as like their guest stars for a season or whatever, she was one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah, I had some very good ones that I've forgotten about, but I mean, yeah, I never was in the, to the law and orders every now and then if Louise is watching it, I might watch some here and there with her, but I mean, you know, they were kind of just like the CSI shows. Like, I mean, I think law and order was a bit better than CSI, a bit more oh, realistic. Yeah. I think I watched like an episode or two when Jeff Goldblum was in it. Like he did one for about half a season then quit. <laughs> Cause he was like, even I'm too good for this. Um, but anyway, um, Val Kilmer, good to see Val Kilmer with a voice. I miss Val Kilmer <laughs> voice. Good, good on you there. Jessica Simpson, remember voice. her? Uh, oh, how could you forget? Oh well, God, here's another shit all over the poor pop stars. That you know, well, no, not the Go Go's, everyone. Is... Old man Collins, not the Go Go's. This, this is 2008, though. Like Jessica Simpson. Yeah, I'm. It, but it's more early 2000s. Like this oh, feels mid, like mid to late. Yeah, I, I think that like she peaked. Her and that show peaked with the Osbournes in like 2002, 2003. Ah, she was around for a little bit longer than that. Like she was there and thereabouts. Um, but um, and fuck you, Celine Dion, you leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Colin, get some music into your brain, young Canadian bastard. Avril Lavigne's got a disease and um, whatever. Like happy happy twenty year anniversary to Skater Boy this week at the time of recording this. By the way, oh, so there you go. Canadian national anthem, it should be. Um, so Mike Myers is helping Robin Oak be good um, with this drama thing. Uh, what is it? Distraction. Um, distraction. Yep. I'm, hurry up. Regression. <laughs> I'm reading this adjustment. Uh, maturity. 
an action TM. Um, come on, the TM thing's funny every time he does that TM. <laughs> it's funny the first time, maybe the second. Oh, oh here we go. God. <laughs> um, the P-Mop thing's a bit dumb. I don't like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was like the most painful part of this movie. But, like, you know, we're at the Air Canada Centre. We've got Toronto Maple Leafs with the, the Stanley Cup logo on their jersey. Colin's getting a bit teary-eyed here against the LA Kings. I mean, this would have been a big Stanley Cup in 2008. The Kings had never won a Stanley Cup at that point. Toronto still haven't won one well, since this movie. And, and <laughs> that's one of those Canadian things that I feel like people here are going to get a bigger laugh out of than they would anywhere else because that was sort of the, the infamous thing when Toronto – really should have made the Stanley Cup finals. I think it was in 93. It was Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure that they lost to. And it was, it's still to this day, very controversial uh, that, uh, you know, Toronto, it, it was sort of a bad call. And it's like, yeah, Toronto probably should have been in the finals there. I actually don't know where they filmed this, but I don't know if they actually got, were able to film this at Air Canada Centre and Staples Centre because they look pretty accurate. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been to Air Canada Centre. I've driven past Staples Centre. Uh, but like this looks pretty close to what, Air Canada Centre is, so I, I wonder if they actually got were able to film it there. So game one, uh, Romanek's not allowed to fight anyone um, before he eventually uh, does, but then he gets a two-game ban because he bashes the shit out of Justin Timberlake, and then why does he get a ban for knocking his own coach out? Um, but okay, <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, his, <laughs> I do like the bit when Mike Myers picks up Vern Troyer. He's like, I'd like to thank the Academy. Oh, these really are heavy. And he drops. Oh, he's old prude, Colin. That's not funny, Ben. The one, he says it once oh, in the movie, but oh no, that's not funny, Ben. <laughs> no, the one I did laugh at was to take it easy Frodo. That's the one that I thought was kind of funny. But, I, but again, like you could throw some of these jokes, but, but just, I don't even, fine. Let's throw the whole rule of threes thing out the window, even though it is the number one rule of comedy. Let's throw that out the window. Let's tell the same type of joke over and over again, but let's give some variety. Can we have maybe some jokes about him being short, but then some just funny scenes of dialogue between them. Not every joke has to be, he's short. <laughs> Again, Colin, just uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> was the joke? One of the funny ones when they're on the plane and it's like, oh, you read my book about grief or whatever it was about. You, you know, I loved it. I particularly like the chapter. He, it might, he might be just sleeping. Yes. I like that one too. <laughs> oh, it's fun. No, it's not funny. I, know, I, I, I was, funny. I, I'm not laughing at it, but it's like, okay, it's clever. When they're in his office and they're like, let's agree to meet in my office next time. Yes. Okay. And then they just get, cause he's in the little short office. It, you know, uh, and, and, and there was another one of the parts where I actually kind of laughed at where, because it wasn't like, let's draw this out over and over again. It's like, okay, he's got the mini office. But when I think it's Jessica Alba sits on a mini fork, it's not even just, I sit on a fork. I sit on a mini fork. It's like, it is the most pointless throwaway joke in the movie, but that's one of the ones I kind of laughed at. Well, so the Mike Myers is hanging out with Robin Oak here. He's getting through the motions. We find out about his mum. Oh, let me guess. This next joke that I'm going to say you're not going to find funny, uh, when they're in the car and he's flicking through the radio stations and you hear um, this Bohemian Rhapsody and he kind of looks at the camera and he shakes his head because you're expecting him to start headbanging it. Oh, no, oh, that's I not funny. Even, no, I, I didn't even catch that. But if I had, I would have laughed at that. Because <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you, didn't you bag out in Bohemian Rhapsody when you got the Mike Myers character oh, going like, oh, if, no one's going to bang their heads to that in the car. Like, oh, get oh, over that's it. That's terrible. <laughs> um, so we're at the, the gospel choir. So we basically find out that, yeah, he doesn't like hanging out with his mum because his mum makes him um, nervous. Um, so is this, <laughs> is this, um, this isn't Pam Greer, is it? 
Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't I, paying close enough attention. No, it's Megan Good. No, hang on. No, that's the oh, wife. No, hang Megan on. Good's the wife. Yeah. Which no, I, I, it, while you're looking it up, I'm going to say I actually was uh, pleasantly surprised to the actress. So the guy that plays Roanoke and then Megan Good, who br- plays his wife, uh, they're both in the Think Like a Man movies, which you've never seen the Think Like a Man. The second one kind of sucks, but the first one, especially, such no, an underrated no, no. comedy. So I, I like them both from Think Like a Man. It's not more Pam so Greer, than this. It's Tilma Til- Hopkins, but she looks like Pam Greer. Does she not look like Pam Greer? Oh, that's Why? racist. Man. That's black. Racist. <laughs> Nothing to do. Yeah. You know, sure. Isn't his wife yeah. uh, Michelle Ben's Obama? Like, I love- I loved Lo- I love Lawrence Fishburne doing the voiceover at the opening of this. <laughs> I think she looks like Pam Greer. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we find out this is basically a trapping. He can't play in front of his mom. They go to a bar and there's a bar fight. And we get ding 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 ding. ding. It's just, just, oh, it's not funny, Ben. Uh, no, I'll get there. When they're pulling things out of their faces, it's kind of nice. Um, them at Niagara Falls, and this is where we hear this whole, like, bit where he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in love, and I know it's that moment when I'm in love when she just looks at me and just goes, damn, and that's obviously going to play a part later on. Oh, but that's not funny. That's not sweet. That's not romantic, Ben. That's stupid. Um, I love my- how you're playing it like I'm the only person in the universe who apparently doesn't get this movie when you're the only person in the universe that does. And if I am, I'm I'm proud of that fact because this is stupid, <laughs> but it's funny. And sometimes you can laugh at stupid things. Again, Airplane is a dumb movie. It has got the stupidest humor of any movie I've ever seen, but that is considered an all-time classic. Release Airplane in 2008, you get exactly the same reviews as you do in The Love Guru. Um, no. <laughs> yes. I completely disagree. Okay. I'm, I, I implore you to release a movie with a little kid having a smoke and a little girl saying how I like coffee, like I like my men, and I'm going to go down on the pilot and blah. Like, come on. that No. No. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> Um, more than words is the song. Yeah, the other one. More than words. It's I kind of like yeah the versions they've got with like the sitar thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out at dinner with Jessica Alba. There's a whole testicle joke thing, which okay, that's dumb. I don't like that. Um, and he's she's coming on to him, but he's all like, oh no. So there's a love story between Mike Myers and Jessica Alba because yep, that's realistic. Um, that's <laughs> a, look. I see the I see the Toronto Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup in this movie, and the most unrealistic thing to me is Jessica Alba could land Mike Myers. Um, it's not the other way around. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, she, she w- could land him. She wishes she could land someone that funny. Um, <laughs> everyone thinks it's the other way around, but come on. Um, so Roanoke's been out for three games. The Leafs are down three nothing. I mean, come on, like real life again. The Leafs. Of course, it's got to go to game seven. They're not winning. The most unrealistic thing in this movie is them winning game seven. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where Mike Myers is predicting the future now. He's, he's jinxed it. He's put this bloody bourbon up, booba boulard <laughs> curse on it. Um, so um, basically, uh, John Oliver gets angry at Mike Myers because, like, you've got to you've got to skip a few steps here because you're not going to be on Oprah because Deepak's going to be on Oprah. So we go to a LA Kings party where <laughs> I love this moment. Shut up. Ah, Celine Dion. Um, and Mike Myers is like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Celine Dion. And you get Celine Dion come on stage and Justin Timberlake is there and say, I drove all night. Dude. Oh, it's so funny. 
Um, and basically Justin Timberlake over here is that Robin Oak can't play in front of his mother, so he's going to use that against him. Um, Mike Myers skips all the steps, gets uh, Robin Oak back with his wife, and this is going to lead to them coming back to tie it up at three all, um, which is there a bit of a mistake here? Is this how they used to do it? Why is uh, game five in LA? Do they used to do this? Used to As do in- what? So you got game one and two in Toronto, game three and four in LA. Then they do game oh, five yeah. in LA and six and seven are in Toronto. That's not how it works now, but is that what no, they used I, to do? I, I, I'm actually wondering about that because I swear there was a point where it switched from. It was originally supposed to go back and forth, back and forth, and then it did switch. So, yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't remember, though. Because obviously how it works now is the home team, like the highest place team gets the first two home games and games five and seven. And then the mm-hmm. team with the least gets uh, three and four and six. So anyway, so unrealistic, the hockey in this movie. Um, so, uh, yep, they're celebrating and they're going to go into game seven. Um, and I will cap it there and we will talk about the iconic moment of Toronto winning the Stanley Cup in game seven. So Colin can sit here and talk about how apparently how unfunny <laughs> things are. Yeah, I'm actually, I, I, I'm blocking out half of what you're saying because I'm reading up on the, the real famous game seven between the LA Kings and the Maple Leafs in 93. Um, and which, they haven't won a game seven since. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't win that one. Yeah, that was the start of the curse. So thank you, LA Kings. Uh, forget about Boston. I don't want Boston. We, we need redemption on the Kings. That's Why what we were need. you playing the Kings? That's that's a different conference. Or was that back when it wasn't East and West? It was like the this O'Brien was 90, and the yeah. whatever they were yeah, called Yeah, that's when then. it was all named after guys in the, the early 90s yeah. or whatever. Sexist um, NHL. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. The... Some of the stuff with Vern Troyer is is funny, but again, it's like let's maybe mix some variety in with the jokes, and so it's not all like the Frodo one kind of was funny. The Lollipop Guild, if it wasn't immediately following the Frodo joke, would have been funny. And what this really reminded me of it: how you're able to do jokes like this because you're right, Vern Troyer is a friend of Mike Myers. And and when we, you was. see the bloopers at the end of the movie, was, yes, once more. They're still friends. <laughs> he haunts them to this Even day. Even in death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the bloopers prove that Vern Troyer has a sense of humor about this short thing. But, like, why not use kind of what you have in that, uh, the bloopers, have it be a bit of a back and forth. And I think that's what this movie's missing because it just feels like Mike Myers uses these opportunities to, oh, he's short, he's short, he's short. And we don't have any back and forth and be like, okay, well, you're you're big. Like, I don't come up with a better joke than you're big. But, like, play it off like that. The way that Vern Troyer and that that um, uh, that blooper uh, has that, that one line is like, hey, I, now you know how I feel. Uh, but uh, the one it reminded me of was Elf. When Elf did this perfectly because you have the same type of cheesy joke. You basically have Will Ferrell making Frodo or Lollipop Guild jokes. But he's sincere in thinking it. And with Mike Myers, it feels like he's taking shots. What if you have this character who grew up in India? Why is this a movie about a guy who's more out of touch and and this is a fish out of water thing? Where if he's making these jokes, have it be where he just doesn't understand. Hey, you can't say this. Like Will Ferrell calling um, uh, Peter Dinklage an elf or whatever, and him taking offense to it because that movie had that back and forth give and take, and it had the sincerity of I don't realize this is offensive. And I don't quite get why Mike Myers' character has not even just with Vern Troyer, but all these jokes in the movie where he's clearly like so in touch with pop culture, but this should be a character who is out of touch. It should be Austin Powers. It should be a guy who doesn't get the, the civilization and the society he's living in. I think that just a little change like that makes it funnier instead of him just, hey, I got a funny one-liner, that, that's 
half of what this movie is is him saying something and then be like, hey, everybody, isn't that funny? Uh, that's not the way that you should be doing this movie. It's it's a small fix that could fix this movie. Oh, Colin, uh, not funny. Small. <laughs> Like Frodo. Little, <laughs> Little is the correct term there. Come on. Uh, why are these guys making fart noises into a cup for like half of this film? Like that scene starts and I'm just, I get so tired of these jokes. I'm not like, you're, you're saying, oh, you don't find this funny because it's, it's just immature or juvenile or whatever. No, I do laugh. I'm kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then it keeps going and I'm like, all right, get on with it. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Uh, I just want these things to end. And, and I, I want to like, this is, this is very Pluto Nash in the opposite way. Pluto Nash Aww. is like, I see where you're going with that, but I just I'll be funnier. This is like, oh, that was kind of funny. Now just make it a little bit funnier. Okay, no, that wasn't a little bit funnier. It was a little less. And okay, now I'm just getting annoyed with you. Uh, the bar fights, they have a real big, okay, I'll give you the thing like where they're picking glass out of their head. Like that's kind of funny. When he's picking, I don't even know what that is, like a pole out of his butt. Like, what is that part? Like, oh, we got to throw some of them outrageous thing in there. But my biggest problem with this bar fight is the fact that the bar fight itself goes on for so long, but nothing is happening. This is a comedy. Imagine what they could have done if you had, like, I don't know, a Bridget Jones-style fight between uh, the love guru and whoever he's fighting. And then you have all these background people in the fight. And I swear, every comedy who does this, We'll do something where the background stuff is funnier than what's happening on screen. We, or when we did Attack of the Clones, we talked about like the big arena battle and how you could watch those background Jedi and they're all doing stuff that's interesting. And do the comedy version of that. Have this background fight be things where people are poking each other in the eye and, you know, somebody's grabbing somebody's nads with pliers and uh, like all this outrageous stuff happening. The background fighting is just like, uh, uh, uh. like you could have made this so funny and it wouldn't have taken extra budget, extra planning. It's just everybody in the background do something funny. And then that, that makes this scene funny, but instead it goes on forever and it doesn't make me laugh. Uh, the commentary stuff is some of the best. Uh, I think it's um, in one that's, of the that, early that first does, I've actually seen, like, sorry to interrupt, but like of all the crap that this movie gets given to it, I don't think I've ever seen people complain about Stephen Colbert and the other guy. I think people actually really think that's the yeah. funniest part of this whole movie. Like the, the, the part, that, the, the only part I think uh, in this entire movie that I actually really laughed at, there were two jokes, one we'll get to later. The other one here, the first one in one of the early games, is where they're talking about, oh, we're, you know, uh, the, the game's over or whatever. It's like, and a horrible loss for the, the Leafs. And I think it's Stephen Colbert who's like, what? I blacked out there. Have they dropped the puck yet? <laughs> that that one joke, I'm like, well, that's funny. Like when he's on drugs and he's like, show that asshole face, man. <laughs> that was the other the, the, the other part where he is like, um, uh, you know, a, a little kids at Christmas. And uh, uh, I like the feel of my ring, my rainbow ring coat or whatever. Are you on drugs again? Yes, I have. Like that, that. That stuff's good. So give these guys a little bit more in the movie. Uh, it's variety. That's what it is. Um, the, uh, the the whole comeback that they have, because you're stopping right at game seven. Yeah. Okay. So the, like oh, and the Colin other thing. Which is the least have done in the last 20 years. <laughs> Just stop at game seven. Don't even bother with it. <laughs> uh, there's a song in here. I don't know if you're familiar with the song, uh, Brimful of Asha. It's the one that's playing when they're, they're oh, making yeah, yeah, yeah. a comeback montage. Yeah, by Corner Shop. Yeah, great song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. Uh, I liked um, the, the the idea of the five hole. Let's turn it into a dick joke. Uh, explaining the five hole in hockey, and then they just draw the penis. <laughs> draw on the pube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that I kind of like the idea of that. Although it is like if we hadn't had a million other dick jokes already in this movie, I might have laughed harder at it. That's where you use it sparingly. 
Uh, and uh, I, I put what a shocker. It comes down to game seven with the Leafs. That's <laughs> my notes here. Uh, the Celine Dion cameo. Okay. So to me, I, I found this to be one of the funnier things in the movie because it's unintentional because they got the rights to Celine Dion's music. That is her voice from what I could tell that they're using. Yeah. So that is... Celine Dion being like, all these other celebrities are going to cameo in this movie. I will let you use my voice, but I will not show my face in this film. <laughs> like, like, I want to know the behind the scenes story of that. Like, you know, Oprah is willing to be in this movie, but Celine Dion's like, you get the voice, not the face. I'm not, I'm not well, going Oprah, all in Oprah is movie. just archive footage that they've cleverly edited. That's not a new scene that they've done. Oh, I figured they got her. No, when she no. heard that Jessica Simpson was in this movie, she's like, whoa, well, I Well, because you can tell, because when they get there and they go, please welcome, and then they cut away as soon as she says Deepak, Tro- oh, uh, whatever his name, whatever oh, the okay. character's name Deepak is. So. Tro- oh, yeah. The, the other one, yeah. The other, um, the other Hindu, of the two Hindus that Ben and everybody else knows, Deepak Chopra and the love guru. We've got um, eight minutes to go, but I just wanted to oh. say that um, the Leafs, actually, the last Stanley, the last playoffs round you won was in game seven 2003 2004 when you beat the senators yeah. in game seven i mean it's the senators i mean i could beat the senators in game that was seven. an exciting day um but you haven't won since uh just subtly bring that up again for all these fan <laughs> listening um so there you go um interesting all right so game seven uh toronto win <laughs> <laughs> Here's the comedy in the in the movie. <laughs> the least with game seven. <laughs> Hilarious. This is why this movie is so funny. Um, I mean, through all of this, basically, um, Mike Myers is gone because he's done what he needed. But we find out that Justin Timberlake's got not Pam Greer to come along. His mother. Um, <laughs> Comes out and uh, Robin Oak stands up to his mum. We discover he's got a chastity belt so he can now fuck Jessica Alba. Um, Robin Oak wins on a penalty shot. I mean, God, Colin Hilding, imagine this. Game seven, Air Canada Centre, well, now Scotiabank Centre, whatever it's called now. Uh, penalty shot with 0.9 of a second on the clock. Toronto would explode. Like, they would, they would just... The world in Toronto would stop. Like I just, I mean, we've just seen it rip the Queen. Um, don't rip her; she's dead. Like just you know, bury her and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Thanks but for like, that, Ben. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that episode doesn't come out yet. Um, but <laughs> like, I can't imagine Toronto. If this is a penalty shot in Game Seven to win the stand. Holy fuck balls! Um, there's elephants having sex, which, as we know, Colin's going to find that not funny because Chris Isaac's playing. Good song, by the way. Baby did a bad bad thing. I love the song. Um. And I do, you talk about the, the commentators being funny when he's doing the analysis and then they ejaculates and pull out and that's when we're going to have a baby elephant. Back to you, Todd. He's just like <laughs> staring, like shaking his head going, oh no. Um, Toronto win. I love, come on, the cameo of Mike Myers and Kanye West yeah, in the front row. <laughs> that's very true. People don't get that joke. Uh, look up Mike Myers, Kanye West on YouTube and you'll get that joke. Um, uh, Deepak Chopra shows up. Colin gets teary eyes because he sees somebody <laughs> lifting a trophy uh, in a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Again, this movie's cursed, you guys, because you've got somebody in a Toronto Maple Leafs. You're not allowed to touch the Stanley Cup, Colin. Um, when I, I've seen the Stanley Cup twice in my life. The first time I touched it, none of my teams have ever won it since. When I saw it at Yankee Stadium, I didn't touch it. The Flames got eliminated and the Ducks hadn't even made it. So I've also just choking that. Um, and then the ends, we're back in India. Um, Jessica Alba and Mike Myers have gotten married. They sing the Joker. And 
it's a cool little Bollywood scene at the end. Very well shot. Um, and then Vern Troyer makes a joke in the credits about seeing asses all the time. So um, you've got uh, we've got five minutes to go of this episode. Colin, good luck. The elephant thing is like it goes on forever as everything in this movie does. Uh, I did like that they're playing on uh, that, that song. It existed beforehand, but the movie Eyes Wide Shut. That's yeah. what the her marketing campaign is based around. And the fact is, they're basically Six. playing the elephant scene the exact same way Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman scene plays out having sex to that song, which it was kind of clever if it had been a little bit shorter. The elephants. Yes, they, they were having sex with elephants. Uh, <laughs> that's what led to the divorce. Uh, but uh, another thing that kind of made me laugh when, when Roanoke's backstage or whatever or, uh, uh, in the locker room and the mom shows up, that, that whole scene, there was there was a really funny joke where he says, uh, okay, uh, give me five minutes and I'll be out on the ice and go, okay, because there's only six left in the game. And he's like, oh, and he's got to run. That was kind of funny. And then you just have this long pause and then Mike Myers, for no reason whatsoever, says, I think I made a happy wee-wee. <laughs> What is that? Like, that's that's the problem with this movie. Mike Myers is like, hey, I did something funny, but I got to say something really gross because otherwise it's not going to be a Mike Myers movie. Uh, the the one cameo, I, I don't know. I wasn't paying close enough attention to this movie to figure out if we have other sports cameos in this, but we got Rob Blake, you know, an actual famous uh, NHL player. You don't know Never Rob Blake? Never heard of him. Oh, well, Rob Blake, great. I don't know if he was the only one because he is he actually has a role in this movie, technically, because he's uh, addressing Roanoke back and forth. It's like, all right, Rob Blake. Um, and yeah, the Mike Myers cameo is funny. Uh, the I'm call me a space cowboy or whatever. Uh, the, the, the Joker, Joker thing at the end. Yeah, uh, that's that's I like the music stuff. Uh, this movie just sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there are a couple of funny parts. Not more than movie 43, though. Movie 43 made me laugh a lot harder than this did. Um, all right, we're going to rush through these quickly. There are 43 10-star reviews on IMDb. Um, funniest <laughs> film I've seen since Gold Member. Simple, smart, no B-Ricks or S-Tove. Wonderfully funny movie. People take life too seriously. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe some of the reviews of this movie. Seriously, most of you should stop watching comedies and stick to drama thrills or rom-coms. This few film is pure slapstick, no holds barred stupidity. And for me and my girlfriend, was one of the funniest films I've seen. Oh, written by Ben Waterworth. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I agree with that. Exactly. Um, it won a bunch of Razzies. It won Worst Picture. Um, what did it beat that year? Um, it won Worst Actor for Mike Myers, Worst Screenplay. Uh, this movie did basically kill Mike Myers' career. Um, it mm. beat out Disaster Movie and Meet the Spartans, The Happening, The Hottie and the Nonny, and In the Name of the King. So how can you beat a pa- – how can a Paris Hilton movie not win? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, plot keywords, fake flatulence, male flatulence, bowel movement, dog excrement. Let's do dog excrement month. Um, that is going to feature pink flamingos, T2 transpotting, the end of the tour and the love guru. Sure. Transpotting too. Awesome movie. Uh, but apparently it's got dog flatulence in it. Um, <laughs> box office, it made $40 million worldwide, $32 million domestically, $8 million internationally. Uh, it opened up against Get Smart. I saw that at the movies. I have not seen it since, though. Uh, I weirdly enjoyed that movie. I would like to see it again. Um, this opened up fourth with only $13 million. Uh, Get Smart opened up with $38 million. Also opening that weekend was Kit Ketteridge, an American girl. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, Brick Lane. <laughs> and um, there's a movie called My Winnipeg that was 60th yeah. at the box office that week. Um, it's a fantastic movie. 
because it's just all the same, is it? Um, Incredible <laughs> Hulk was in its second week. Kung Fu Panda also at cinemas. Uh, box office for the year. This came in at a measly. Uh, oh God, how low am I going down here? Um, 88s. It beat Milk and lost out to definitely maybe in 87th. Um, and oh, more importantly, beat Nick and Nora's infamous playlist in 92nd. Um, shit, we've got 60 seconds. Uh, I'm guessing you're bidding it. <laughs> I am definitely bidding this movie. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm buying it. It's dumb, it's stupid, it's silly, and sometimes you just need a stupid movie to put on and I could put on The Love Guru and I could laugh. Um, I kind of feel weird that I've rented Adventures of Pluto Nash because I think off the top of my head I like Pluto Nash better than this, but anyway. Um, Rankings-wise, I'm guessing are you doing this second last at least, probably? Yeah, Movie 43 is still my number one, uh, but this is way wow. better than Cats. Jeez. All right, then. Well, I'm so intrigued for next week because Glitter. Um, <laughs> glitter. It's a movie. Uh, knowing Colin's hatred of the middle gay age men music taste, you might shit all over poor Mariah Carey next week. But it's another Terrence Howard movie. There you go. Uh, Tears to Heart is in it. Get pumped and excited. And it's got Mariah Carey in it. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued yeah, to talk to you about this one. <laughs> it's it's Glitter. and It's a movie. It will- <laughs> it will be a movie <laughs> sort of indeed uh, that's next week um, thanks for listening listen to our other shows Lost and Breaking Bad and 24 and all that goodness and if you like us do all the stuff I tell you to do at the end in terms of Patreon and stuff like that uh, my name is Ben and you can all just kiss my Canadian ass and my name is Colin and Yeah, this movie sucks. (laughs) Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.